0: This is the Info Junkie Podcast. I'm Tom Clancy Jr., and this is my show where I talk with interesting people about what makes them tick, what keeps them up at night, and why they get up in the morning to do it all over again. I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is Harrison Wise of Wise Public Relations, a bi-coastal PR firm firmly planted at the intersection of media, marketing, technology, and commerce. I've gotten to know Harrison from his attendance at some of the New York Creative Masterminds events that I've been lucky enough to host this past year. He asks great questions, has a really quick mind, and you can tell when you talk to him that he's always looking three moves ahead, probably something he gets from his jiu-jitsu practice. I hope you enjoy my chat with Harrison Wise. And we're live with Harrison Wise of Wise PR. Hi, Harrison. Hi, Tom. How Hi. are you? I'm good. So, what is happening in the world of Wise PR these days?
1: Uh, a lot's going on. You know, we're uh, we're uh, a very hungry agency these days, mm-hmm. and we're
0: just uh, trying to make it, trying to break through. Right. Now, you guys just did a just did an office revamp, a bit of a design overhaul. We did. I uh, sort of
1: inherited the office uh, from my mentor, okay. who I worked. Uh, Originally got me in PR, I was pre-law at uh, NYU uh, many years ago. Well, no, 20, there's a jump twenty plus years ago, and I interned at a PR firm, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know what the hell PR was, mm-hmm. and uh, worked for Howard for about a month, and just uh, just had a knack for uh, for it. For it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a calling. It was really something that felt very natural, and uh, I uh, changed my majors to journalism and uh, the rest is history did your mother like rent her garments like my son's <laughs> not going to be a lawyer <laughs> a everything l- is over a little bit a little bit yeah she still doesn't know what, quite what I do she thinks it's advertising and mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's, you know, I it's saw a it's new it's ad yeah, exactly. it's,
0: it was this you <laughs> was this your <laughs> idea it's, it's such good ideas pretty
1: much pretty much so it's you know trying to explain what I do to my mom is uh, it's, a, it's an ongoing endeavor yeah uh, I, a lot of my family
0: still think that I make websites yeah. they're like you're in that technology right <laughs> you and that Steve Jobs you know him <laughs> uh, no not not really no, not, not my thing work it milk it you know? <laughs> i heard about the i heard about those websites is that the amazon <laughs> somehow my my irish family became weird the old weird jewish, jewish people guy. yeah well you know what i mean
1: <laughs> sounds like billy crystal right <laughs> pretty much yeah
0: my my ability to do the firefighter cop accent is uh i ha- was never a firefighter or a cop but they all have that very clipped perfect cop accent I was on a job, on a job for <laughs> 22 years. And they all talk the same no matter where they're from. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm on a job. It's like, okay, you have firefighter <laughs> accent. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very
1: very distinct. Uh, actually, I think it, it transcends uh, different markets too. I've I've met a couple of firefighters like in Florida and Texas, mm-hmm. and they, 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 they kind of yeah exactly
0: they, yeah. they kind of all talk very very similar. They're they're a, and we're okay saying that we y- you can't you can't get into all of the stereotypical voices, but definitely the firefighter cop stereotypical voices when you can get away with uh, <laughs> making fun of. Did you hear about the brawl that they had at the uh, their their annual like was it, b- was it the baseball game or football
1: game recently? I think it was their baseball game at uh, sy- Brooklyn Cyclone Stadium.
0: FDNY and NYPD yeah, got yeah, into yeah. it again. A
1: serious brawl which is like I'm like usual somebody sent me the story
0: like oh my god I can't believe it <laughs> it's like, like it happens every, every year single every single year. year every single hockey game hockey game football they game don't even drop the puck game. it's like that movie <laughs> Slapshot it's like alright they're 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 fighting during the national anthem getting thrown out it, it, but they can't they can't help themselves no no Sorry. So anyway, so office redo, yeah. um, what was, uh, did, did you have a particular theme or anything or was it just like a Pinterest board and, uh, just go hard? No, know.
1: no. So, so Howard, my mentor has been in that office literally for 30 plus years. Oh, wow. Um, so it, it pretty much looked that way and you know, we're, we're, you know, I'm trying to grow the agency. You want to attract talent mm-hmm. and you know, you have to have an environment that's uh, conducive to, you know, today's, uh, today's workforce, the millennial workforce, call it what you will. Right. Um, so it's really just modernizing it, just really making it, uh, accessible, pretty much open space just you know really comfortable mm-hmm. uh, so we have a nice little lounge area in the, in the front of the office the, the foyer mm-hmm. um nice little alcove for you know food i wouldn't call it a kitchen more of a kitchenette right we did the bathroom and it's a nice open floor plan now we have uh, about uh three five s- five desks room for a couple more so mm-hmm. it's very nice uh, very
0: simple clean clean lines and when you do your very conference open. calls and get on the speaker everybody just has to like shut up and sort of
1: no, no, I in theory yes, but uh you know I think um uh, most people understand that uh, we're in open. and Most offices are open now. Open yeah. F- open floor plans. It's so what they do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We do. Everybody here does headsets. We're all headsets yeah. with our Likewise. with our phones, generally speaking, and then conference bridges as opposed to conference phones. I have two conference phones that I'm paying you know thirty dollars a piece every month to keep alive, and I don't think they ever get used. Yeah. Because like nobody wants to do that. Like, hi, hi, uh, yes, Bob, <laughs> are you there? <laughs> it's like that's not. It doesn't sound appealing at all. No. It's you know. So we all just go into our conference bridge and it's like is is mike on the call you know then that becomes the thing and exactly
1: yeah. and it's, it's more realistic right i mean everyone's everyone's plugged in mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah no one's shouting over each other it's uh yeah that's what we do you got to mute and unmute every once in a while like especially if two or three of you or or, or of us
0: are on the call at the same time mm-hmm. but that's you know you just gotta have a nice trigger finger the, you the yeah be, be quick with that <laughs> And, yeah, we have one guy here that has the, that has the rude IT guy, Gene, r- working really hard, where he'll be, like, putting people on mute and being like, why don't you understand what I'm saying? And then he'll, like, put them off mute. And I'm like, you know you're going to fuck that up one day. Yep. And like, uh, we're uh, in yeah. a world of trouble. Like, stop that <laughs> habit. But in the spirit of knowing what it is that you do, how do you define sort of the, the edges of the PR world? Like, what do you consider your PR engagements um, to be? Because it can mean different things to different firms and, and different – um, different setups. Yeah, so what th- is, what is, what is wise PR all about?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the PR it has evolved, especially in the last 10 years. I think, uh, you know, digital media and, and digital marketing have certainly uh, impacted uh, the evolution of PR. Um, you know, it was very much a relationship earned media uh, focus, but now a lot of uh, uh, market tra- traditional marketing agencies are, are doing earned media more mm. and more and vice versa. A lot of earned PR uh, earned media PR uh, agencies are doing, Uh, digital marketing and media buys and social media and influencer marketing, and it's really who wants to own that, right? So it's it's, really having an integrated program. So we're we're, um, expanding, spreading our wings, you know, into new areas, uh, marketing automation uh, capabilities, which is all content driven, right? So it's not that far afield from PR and what we do. Um, It's just aligning the content strategy with a company's marketing automation uh, initiatives, whether yeah.
0: they're using like Marketo or Marketo, or
1: HubSpot, you name it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Pardot. You know. Now,
0: when you say earned earned media, what do you mean by that? So earned is that that's
1: the core of, of public relations, right? It's it's taking a client story uh, or taking the messages that a particular client wants the marketplace to know, and crafting them into stories that journalists want to use, and you have to convince a journalist that you know, this client is worthy of coverage in their publication, whether it's the New York Times or Inc. magazine or entrepreneur or TechCrunch. Mm-hmm. You have to earn that. You have to, you know, create something that has merit. To have a reporter cover it with, uh, you know, with 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 the right messaging and positioning and, and you know effectively position that uh, so that earned, client.
0: earned as opposed to advertorial. Oh, oh, yeah. where you're just like straight up like paying cash money yeah, for yeah. the full page. If you want to
1: say Valiant's the best, uh, you know, IT uh, company in the world, you can say that. On hey, Mo- those are your words. Uh, we'll be back, exactly. uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> at Monday at ten o'clock. That's advertising. You can right. pay for that, but mm-hmm. to convince someone at TechCrunch that you guys are doing things differently or better or smarter faster or whatever the 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 message is. We have to c- really convey to, to, to the reporter why, how. We have to demonstrate. Your clients have to validate what you're, what you're doing. So it's very much uh, earned in, in, in all uh, all aspects.
0: Hmm. And how do you, generally speaking, select uh, a, a customer that's gonna really click with you? Like what is a what is a successful engagement start out as with yeah. you guys?
1: Uh, that's a great question. You know, we, we vet our clients as, as much as they vet us. It's, it's definitely a, a two-way street. Um, and, and basically you want to evaluate the, 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 the kind of trajectory of, of the company you want to, you know, do they have a sustainable story to tell? Uh, do they have more than one sustainable story to tell? Cause any client, uh, any organization has multiple layers that can be, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough that can be mined for, for coverage, you know, there's culture story, there's product story or technology story, there's a, a marketplace or industry story, there's founder stories, there's a lot of different things that can be, hmm. uh, it's kind of like an onion, right? You peel away the, the layers and, and all of those things are assets that can be leveraged for, for PR. So we evaluate all clients against that kind of criteria. Um, you know, do they have a market? Are they pushing the boundaries of the market that they serve? Like, what mm-hmm. are they doing differently? If it's, you know, more often than not, if it's like a me too type product and they're really just trying to make a profit and there's really not much of a story behind it, we'll turn it away, it's not for us. You know, a, a good example of that is, is, is mobile apps. You know, they're kind of a, a dime a dozen these days and there's very little differentiation. Most people use anywhere from you know five to eight apps on a regular basis, and you know Facebook, Snapchat, you know the, the usual uh, apps. So you know, but yet there's a million apps in the App Store, right? Mm-hmm. And and many of them are, are Me Too type apps. They right. all do a lot of the same things. We're and the
0: Uber for this,
1: pretty much, right? And and that's the uh, that's that's the challenge. So we evaluate our clients based on that, and mm-hmm. and the kind of ideal client for us at WisePR is is a growth oriented uh, client, someone who a company, a company that's either uh, at that Series A stage, mm-hmm. or meaning uh,
0: already has it, or is pa- is getting packaged I, f- to I, get it. Either
1: or, right? So okay. they're they, you know they've they've created a viable uh, product uh, and introduced it into the market. They've got some early traction, and they just really want to you know add fuel to that fire, mm-hmm. just throw gasoline on it, and that's that's where the gasoline.
0: Okay. How do you guys, um, in the world of PR, have you uh, encountered the sort of like crisis management PR sort of world? Like is that an area that you have to touch or is that one that you um, sort of keep away from or have seen or have good stories about?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a function of of any PR agency's uh, roles and responsibilities. You you know, you try to avoid it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, any crisis uh, uh, PR program you, you anticipate what the the negatives can be what could go wrong right you evaluate every client against that mm-hmm. for the most part though uh, us at wise pr we're b b2b uh, tech pr firm predominantly about 90% of our business and the, the other 10% is b2c technology okay um, you don't see too much crisis in in, in those uh, arenas not too often but if but for if the if ever.
0: companies that get hacked the ubiquity yeah. hack and sure. this guy hack sure.
1: you got to be prepared for those, thing, for those things yeah
0: because They just, oftentimes, the emperor doesn't have any clothes. And, I mean, we see it all the time in the world of tech where we'll be engaging with a customer that is in crisis mode. I mean, nobody generally flips IT when things are going great. They flip IT when things have been horrible. Um, We're dealing with one company now where their IT guy died on site. He straight up fell over and died like... (laughs) on site and they loved him he was a great guy but he had all of their institutional knowledge in his poor deceased head so like passwords configurations setups and he was solving a virus problem so it's just been like this like yeah we can help you but this is gonna hurt. Do you just start from scratch? you scrap everything and kind of start over? We're kind of at nuke it from orbit stage um, at this point because the virus was actually fairly pernicious. I don't think the virus was what killed him because that would be a really new variant (laughs) like black ice, man. It's black ice virus or whatever (laughs) like some Johnny Mnemonic, you know, horrible Matrix thing. But but yeah, I mean, the guy, you know, he died and, and, and a lot of stuff is broken. And some of it was jury-rigged, and some of it was mom-and-pop and, pop and sure. sort of nickel-dime and not the way we do things. Um, but it's like we have no better opportunity to do it right right now because, like, they're already kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. It's like you might as well do it right. And, you know, yeah, it's going to be expensive, but right. you're not going to have to spend any more money on it that, after this. That is
1: the upside to crisis PR. And any I guess any crisis, it's highly lucrative. I imagine
0: this, yeah. but you just, you must, those people must just chain smoke. I mean, just <laughs> constant like I, adrenaline rush. Per, it's like being it's not ER for us. Doctor.
1: Yeah. It's not for us. We, we actually, we were pulled into a, a project a couple months back and, uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's a full court press. You know, we, I have a, a young daughter now and, and it does, it takes away from your family time. I was doing calls at 11 o'clock at night, you know, midnight. It's kind of, you know, it's, that's not the, the work life balance I want to have. No. And you have to really want that crisis, that energy, you know, that, oh. that kind of. It's like political PR, right? I mean, it's like like the, the, like the right now, like this whole political season, that's, you know, there's people who live for that, those political wonks and those communication directors and strateg- political advisors and strategists, that's, they live for this. This is their Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. And I just, I'm always fascinated with those people that like Carnival Barker aspect of what they're doing. Like the people that were working on like Marco Rubio's campaign, like they had to know very early on that there was 0% chance that he had a real shot at running this thing, right? I mean, like. Why didn't he? Why not? They all had a fair shot. I don't know, man. The meat there, I, I don't think that they did. I think that, like you know, Kasich and a lot of those like second yeah. and third tier guys that were out there really didn't have a shot.
1: Like well, Rubio was a brand name, though. He wasn't. He wasn't just like a random fly by night politician who's like, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring. He, you know, he had some.
0: Like he, I felt like the media just pilloried him from oh, sure. from, from you know from beginning to well, end. Donald and, and Trump
1: pilloried everybody. I mean, he just steamrolled through right. everyone, and that's kind of right. that's what really happened. And yeah, b- and before I mean, you know it, like, it was too late.
0: But how the hell do you keep coming to work every day at the Kasich? You know, um, <laughs> if you're Kasich's PR guy and keep, you're like, keep well, hope alive, right? It's like it's like yeah, we really got a shot at winning one district in Cleveland. Like no man, you don't. Like it's not ha- like what. But I guess it's just it's a paycheck. You just you keep going out on the court even though it's the score is 110 to 86. Well, and that's like, you know we're I think still
1: maybe that's a that's a story for you know about our uh, political environment. You know this kind of you know you just kind of follow the leader and that's that's it. Like every everyone should have a fair shot. Yeah. And should have a voice and should be heard and mm-hmm. have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, but the super delegates had committed their votes like four months ago, oh, yeah, and like all know. of this other shit has been bread and circuses and, since. And hats
1: off to Hillary. I don't know if you've noticed kind of how she played the media on uh right before the california primary the day before uh she had i'm sure this is like a house of cards type thing had already all the all the press had that she had locked up all the delegates so whoever was planning to go vote in the primary in california like a couple weeks ago basically like why am i gonna vote she has it locked up yeah it's just that play it's just Mm -hmm. that that preemptive strike brilliant i mean it's brilliant but you know it's uh, that's how you play the media
0: Yeah, and I mean, and California has the disadvantage of the the time zone being a factor, but they're this this huge delegate market, but every single election, they basically wait five seconds till after the polls close, and they say who won president, because they know, we know, that it doesn't matter whether or not California goes, Obama won, Obama won, it's like, it doesn't matter. And it just, it, to me, it's just like, again, as a technologist, I just, why are we not doing digital voting? Why are we not voting sort of over the course of a week? Why is voting not mandatory? Why is the, What's your take on that?
1: I, I actually used to, uh, very early on in my career, I'm probably talking 15 years ago, was uh, uh, working on, not, not directly involved, I, I forget the specifics, but digital voting was being talked about back then.
0: Beca- I mean, I, I think that a big factor there is because they don't really actually want representative democracy. We are not a representative democracy. We are a republic, and we like having this separation between the mob and the political mm-hmm, mm-hmm, system. Mm-hmm. For so our own protection, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> th- th- there was a time when it made sense, when communication didn't work, and you couldn't ride your horse from Kentucky all the way to D.C. to cast your vote, so you trusted a guy in the neighborhood to go represent your district. That made sense, a representative republic. Okay, great. You know, hey, remember, we're all going for the thing against let's keep the slaves, all right? That's how it's going to go. Nowadays, we actually can all just get on our friggin' smartphones and go, this guy. Right. You know, there should be a hell of a lot more referendums getting slid across our table that we have an opportunity to speak up on. The risk, of course, is that once the public realizes they can vote themselves raises and free stuff, they do. And that that's the whole libertarian argument is that socialism doesn't work because people are inherently lazy. And the socialist argument is that capitalism, pure and unfettered, doesn't work because people are greedy and evil. And there's certainly validity to both of those mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. But most assuredly, a political system that pretends to be a democracy and then yet invalidates essentially the overwhelming majority of the will of the people is fairly frustrating you Very. know, to, to, to live in. The thus still having to have the marijuana debate and still having to have the abortion debate and still having to have, you know, prayer in schools debate. It's like, really? Seriously? We, didn't we settle this shit no, already? nothing
1: ever gets settled. Roe oh. v. Wade gets brought up every election cycle. Let's drag, drag, like, that, yeah, let's exactly.
0: drag that fucker out of, the, mm-hmm. out of the wood. Let's bring it back to court. Nope, we're going to cut Planned Parenthood funding. Shut up already. Come on, move yeah. on, you fuckers. Right, the
1: Supreme Court should be the supreme final decision. If that's what they say, then that's 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 it. But they, yeah, they, they resurrect these things year after year, Finding campaign new. cycle after campaign cycle. Cycle.
0: Right, and you know, net neutrality. They, they keep voting it down. They keep voting that. De- they keep making sure that net neutrality is something that is protected. The internet is a utility. The yep. internet is free, and then everyone's like, Nah. Time Warner lobbyists want to make sure that we can put that in and try to do metered this and metered that mm-hmm. and limited access this and limited access that, and it's just there is this war against uh, the pe- the wo- the voice of the people, the needs of the people, in service of the the corporate interest, in service of the political interest or, or whatever, and it's. And it's abhorrent, it's abhorrent to, to have to witness it. And, and as a technologist, to know how fundamentally easy it actually would be to implement digital voting, like really, but how impractical it would be. With what,
1: would it be sh- 100% secure? I think that, the, to me, that's the biggest issue, in my opinion, as to why they wouldn't do it. Because it's, it's, it's certainly, a, anything that can be developed techn- technologically can be hacked. I mean, I think we've, we've, you know, we, I mean, all know, we all know that, and that's, that's the concern.
0: I, I think that it would be as secure as voting can ever be. I mean, Kennedy won in 62 because the mob made sure that they stuffed the shit out of the ballot boxes. I mean, that's (laughs) what they did to pay back their debt to Big Old Joe. (laughs) Forget about Uh, it. (laughs) Look, I mean, you know, the only way you get to take Chicago is if you make sure that they stuff the boxes for you. I mean, you can always cheat in an election. Always, always, always. Because, as the saying goes, it's not who votes that counts and who counts the votes that matters. Um, so, but yeah, you can totally make it secure. If we can have frigging polls on Twitter that are, you know, Hey, but do you think I should have eggs for breakfast or French but toast the, for but breakfast? The, but
1: those could all be, uh, you know, altered. I think that's, you know, a lot of
0: people do that. I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, and, b- and there can be bots and there can be a lot of other sorts of things, but. There, there are plenty of nations in this world that have mandatory voting. I don't know how many nations in this world have digital voting, but I know that the number should be far higher than it currently oh, abso- is. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, And why do we have elections on a Tuesday, the one day of the week that's the <laughs> most <laughs> difficult day to get off of work? Like, I'm not going to come in on Tuesday because I'm going to vote. No, yeah, are not. Fuck you. You want a three-day weekend, you can have a three-day weekend, but you're not taking off on Tuesday. You know, it, It's all this very aggressive campaign to minimize the footprint of the, the humans that yeah. we have that should be participating. It's fairly obvious. I yeah. mean, I mean, hell, we're, we're not even taught this stuff in school anymore, though. There was a time when we were taught history Do and kids civics. The
1: kids don't learn anything in school anymore.
0: No, they're taught to the test. They're taught to pass yeah. the math exam and stuff like that. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to get into the whole, like, common core, like, blah, blah, blah. My kids are learning that stuff, and they're actually learning math really effectively. Common core math, we don't get it because we learn math the brute force learn your times tables way. My son was able to estimate very, very quickly. My son is super smart, but um, proud, biased <laughs> dad. We were, in, we were in Vegas. We were looking at the, we were at the Golden Nugget, and we were looking at the, the, the Golden Nugget at the Golden Nugget. It's this big, giant gold lump that they bought from a guy. It was the biggest Golden Nugget ever found, and it was so-and-so many pounds of gold. And my son was like, wow, how much is that worth? And I was like, well, gold is trading at $1,600 an ounce. And he's like, how many ounces in a pound again? I was like, 16 and he stood there and he stared at it and he went, is that worth like $23 million? And I was like, damn, buddy, you did that rain, fast. Rain, rain, man, like, let's go to the blackjack tables. Right? I was like, how did you do that so <laughs> fast? And then he like, he totally explained to me the way that they learned how to do arithmetic in Common Core and I was like, that's actually a really smart way to do it. Like they move the decimal yeah, points yeah. around and break things into smaller chunks and then just add up the smaller chunks. And it's like, oh. That seems completely arduous when you read the instructions on paper, but when you actually put it in practice in your head, it's incredibly fast. So there's a lot of resistance to it because we learned back in my day yeah. the way we learned math was you had your slide rule. Shut up. Guess what? It's 2016. We do it differently. But um, how did we get on that topic? I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't even. I haven't even. If kids it. learn anything in schools anymore, like uh, we're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. history so and we, things so like right, that. right. Yeah. I mean, we we there was a time when when when. Pe- children were taught history and civics. We Mm -hmm. were taught civics to learn how our government actually functions and we were taught history to learn how the world came to be as it is. But we've now condensed that into this sort of arbitrary, goofy sort of topic called social Social studies, Mm -hmm. which is really just a collection of various stories. It's the story of Indian independence, it's the story of the Holocaust, it's the story of the Civil Civil War, Civil Rights. But it's not necessarily like the full picture of how history it came to be and it's most assuredly not how the government works i mean how many times a day do you see on social media people saying president obama ought to do something he should pass a law and it's like no that's not how that works right. the president and they, doesn't And then when get he tries to they they they're like what the hell does he think he's doing right you know? yeah right, what does he think he is but i mean like he doesn't pass laws yeah. that's not what he does that's right. not what the executive branch does but americans do not understand that they don't know how it works they don't know how the checks and balances work and they don't understand it, and, and then they don't vote and participate, they don't get it, and then they just bitch. It's like we've made this collection of very, very vocal eunuchs. You know they're yep. very loud. They're very incapable of making any change. They just make noise.
1: So w- wh- where would you go, man? Where's your where's your default backup uh, destination?
0: Uh, as with the dead <laughs> IT guy, <laughs> I'm kind of at the nuke it from orbit stage. I'm kind of hoping for a very very brief period of violent revolution followed by um,
1: like, p- like the purge, like the movie The Purge.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's kind of I'm making sh- I'm making sure that my hands have a good amount of calluses. So when the mo- masses come with their f- pitchforks and they're looking for people, they're gonna say, yeah, all right, yeah, he's got yeah. calluses. He's, he's he's one of, he's one one of, of <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm learning from the Russian Revolution. Let's make sure that we've all got a couple of hammers and stuff like that in the garage, and we know how to use them. And be like, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a carpenter, not me. I don't, I'm not a business owner. No heavens, no. What am I? Oh no, I'm not a bourgeois capitalist. <laughs> Up with the proletariat. <laughs> no, I don't. I honestly, I, I, it all is going to have to start with education. It's all going to have to sure. start with, with real connectedness. And social does have that promise. You know, the green revolution that happened with with Twitter uh, in the Middle East was pretty impressive. I mean, you really got an awful lot of people in the streets. It just so happened that those corporations were subject to, you know, bullying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, can you do us a favor and give us the addresses of all those people that are posting on Twitter? No. Uh, Here's $30 million in a D round of funding for your company okie-dokie, here's latitude and longitude. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, you know, and all of a sudden sites are disappearing. I mean, you know, it's obviously not all that overt, and my tinfoil hat is askew at present, but I think that social has a lot of promise for that. I think that the, 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 the level of education that people are getting now so quickly, how much people know so fast for sure. is, is really impressive for sure, yeah. and can make a difference. Will it? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Why do you think Bernie didn't, uh, you know, take off? I think he had some interesting perspective, and and I think he speaks to that 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 demographic quite quite yeah uh, quite well.
0: A lot of people say that Bernie's biggest problem was that his his minority outreach was really fucked up in the early yeah, he's, the and, ages. and he's
1: truly like more so even than the Clintons, he, right? He, he was there. Mar- he marched was, with
0: MLK. Got he arrested. was there. I mean, he took a fucking arrest. Isn't
1: that crazy? And yeah, he gets no cred for it. He gets yeah. no cred for it.
0: He gets Black Lives Matter on stage yeah. interrupting him and then not patting him on the back. They act like he's the enemy, and it's like, you They got it morons. twisted. They got it twisted, totally. You were interrupting the absolute wrong person.
1: Isn't that crazy? Right? Perceptions, it's like totally true, totally but true. They're,
0: but, you know, they're not necessarily educated. Mm-hmm. A lot of the mm-hmm. people in the Black Lives Matter movement, are, are they're educated, and they're those people that are educated yeah. in social studies. He, he not ad- uh,
1: so, but I think Bernie should have played the saxophone on on Arsenio Hall. I think he would have had... More Ye- street cred if he had done something like that, you know, maybe bust a rhyme with like Kanye or something. That
0: would have been pretty dope you know? if he had gotten up there. And he did an know. interview
1: with, what's his name? Uh, um, Killer Mike. You ever see, you yes, see that one? Yes, yes, one? That was actually did. pretty good. You Killer
0: know? Mike, and he was a super big fan. Absolutely, and and, yeah. And he's a socially aware, mm-hmm. sort of fairly mm-hmm. well-educated dude that mm-hmm. parlayed his success into an opportunity to like fill his head with stuff as opposed to, you know, pulling the little going the little Wayne route and totally. filling it with scissor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You know, a little a little
1: scissor goes a long way.
0: though. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, don't 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 knock it till you've tried it anyway. <laughs> We've all had insomnia.
1: Speaking of, let me take a sip of my scissor.
0: <laughs> and now we slow down the recording. Um, I, I don't know where the change comes from, but it has to start with education. It has to Not start totally, with real totally real information. Great. Um, I I I do everything I can not to lie to my kids. I hate when parents lie to their kids in general. I mean, the one lie that we have to write out is the you know the Santa, tooth fairy lie, which sucks. I hate that. Um, how sorry. O- how, how
1: old are the kids? Uh, how long <laughs> is this lie being perpetuated? God, it sucks.
0: <laughs> I, I I my sons are nine, eight, and six. Okay. And the nine-year-old is absolutely old enough to know the okay. truth and. But, but he
1: can't spoil it for the for uh, the younger ones yeah
0: maybe. and you know but he's not asking the question and if mm-hmm. he's not going to ask the question I'm not going to give him the answer and our, our general policy is if you're old enough to ask you're old enough to know so if it's where do babies come from it's this is how it works um, not like I'm going to give them a graphic representation sure. you just you answer the question you answer the specific question that they're asking and don't go beyond that um, you know but different kids are different le- levels of deep thinkers I mean my middle guy uh, Ted is I mean he's a thinker he's like that like always been like really sort of spiritual like observer sort of dude we watched this is so dumb we watched the the disney movie hercules hmm. um and in the movie hercules eh, they have the river of the river of souls river sticks and it was just full of all these like green like dead people like blah, like rolling around in the, in there and and it was kind of freaky um and the his girlfriend gets killed and she ends up in the river of souls and hercules rescues her and blah 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 put him to bed and he's i mean we're talking he's three years old maybe four two hours after we put him to bed he comes out with this like really scared and sad look on his face and he goes what are souls where are they are they inside of our heads are they in our brains is that where that lives and i was like Oof, okay I, i'm not ready for
1: this conversation <laughs> um you know
0: because i mean we're my wife and i are, are essentially practicing atheists we're not like aggressive like anti-theists we just we don't go to church we're not we're not on that Squad. We mm-hmm. both went to Catholic, you know, Catholic CCD, made our confirmation, and then we're like, bye, uh, you know, done. So, do you not
1: believe in God? Or you don't believe in organized religion?
0: Um, my wife doesn't believe in God. My wife very much believes that we just go back to the mud. Like you're dead, you're gone. Bye. End of story. I I tend to be a little bit more um, spiritual in that I believe that there is sort of a grand universal machine um, that operates without. A, a care mm-hmm. about us that we don't necessarily get to have a lot of influence and the machine doesn't feel bad when bad things happen to us. It's it's machinery. It's gears. It's it's energy. It's It turns. It moves. It does its thing. You're on it. Ride it. Eventually, you're going to get squished and that's how it works. Um, but you don't necessarily just disappear. You transform. You mm-hmm. It's life before mm-hmm. you were born. You don't mm-hmm. remember it, but you were still sort of around and life after you're dead is you're know, not necessarily going to be thinking, but you're still sort of out there in some form. Mm-hmm. Um my wife is a, ten a tad bit more pessimistic, just kind of like, nope, <laughs> you turn off. It's <laughs> like, okie-dokie. Um, but we, you know, when the kids ask the question, we don't tell them this is how it is. What we tell them is we tell them what we believe, and mm-hmm. then we tell them what other people believe, too. And they you can know? decide. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. This is what Christians believe. This is what Buddhists believe. This is what Jews believe. This is what Muslims believe. This is what mom believes. This is what dad believes. And you can see that we have different beliefs, and it's okay. Okay. Because at the end of the day, nobody can really prove it, and that's why we call it belief. Um, and as a result, my kids have sort of like looked at all of the religions, and they're just sort of like, "Yeah, this all looks like kind of like bullshit magic." And then you mentioned Santa Claus, and like, "No, no, but he's totally real magic." <laughs> and that might just be the self-interest. Like, yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. okay and with the think? willful <laughs> disillusionment. <laughs> 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 but how much of religion is that too? You know, I mean, hell, if you could just sort of turn off your belief system and just like, all I have to do is say I'm sorry, and I'm getting to go to Magic Candyland. Then that's a pretty good system. I can do whatever the hell I want and then just say I'm sorry on Saturday. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So I you know, I, I start to put it in that same bucket, but man, I mean, you know, we I took my middle guy to the museum of the Metropolitan Museum of Art and we were just walking around and looking at stuff and he was like, Papa, there's a lot of Jesus here. And I was like, Yeah, the church really sponsored a lot of art and it was a really important part. So when the church buys it, they're like, put Jesus in the art. And he, they were like, Wow, that's cool. And Jesus is God, right? I was like, Well, the Christians think that Jesus is God. And he's like, Oh, okay, got it. And we went to the Eastern Wing, and he's seeing like Hanuman and Krishna and all that. And he's like, Whoa, who are these dudes? And I was like, Well, these are these are Eastern gods. This is Hindu god. That's Ganesh. He's mm-hmm. a he's a god of fertility, and this is that. And he's and then he's just like, how is this different than Jesus? And I was like, well, it's a different religion. They believe in a different thing. Like they just don't straight up believe in Jesus and Jesus people straight up don't believe in an elephant God. Like that's how this shit works. And he stopped me and he said, we don't believe in God. Right. And I said, well, buddy, I don't believe in God. You're going to believe. And then he just went, I don't believe in God. I just wanted to make sure that we don't believe in God. We're on
1: the same page. And I was like,
0: and he was seven. I was like, okay there baby Buddha <laughs> like, <laughs> just a, a, a very different level but mm. so I have hope for the future and that there are kids that are coming up with that there are kids that are coming up being raised honestly and ferociously and hopefully fearlessly but for every one kid that's getting that there are plenty of kids but that are getting yep. TV as a babysitter yep. and Twinkies as dinner you know I mean childhood obesity is child abuse and I don't understand how the hell that's still a thing but Yep, it is
1: parents buy the food,
0: mm-hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm fortunate in that I live I live in Long Beach, and as a result, it's a pretty active community. I mean, like everybody's moving around. There's not a lot of fat people in Long Beach. There's not a lot of fat kids in Long Beach. I go to other places though, and I'm like, what the f- what is going on with all these fat people? Oh yeah, Miami too doesn't have any,
1: anywhere that there's like a beach or some place where you have to take off your clothes. You have to be in take off your clothes. Shape, you gotta be ready for it. You You have a very,
0: very obvious motivator (laughs) to keep your ass. You know, and, and I don't know if it's if it's wh- what the cause or effect is in it, but it, it it does help, and it it gives me a bit of an artificially skewed thing. I'm like, oh come on, America's not that fat, but then anytime I go to a trade show or I'm like, I'm in Cleveland or Disney. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh it's, my God, uh, it's Disney's terrible, the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Have you taken your daughter to Disney? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I kind of refuse to, but it's uh you know I actually I was there for a martial arts uh, tournament last year with my my sensei and.
0: Uh, oh, you're a martial artist.
1: Yes, sir. What do you what yes, do you practice? Nice, where? Uh, nowhere right now. Uh, for uh, about 12, 13 years, my uh, my dojo was in Canarsie. Okay. And my teacher um, closed the dojo and moved to Florida, sort oh of wow. semi retirement. So he does seminars and private training and stuff like that. And uh, last year, we competed at uh, the, I'm uh, uh, forgetting the specific tournament, the, um, anyway, uh, like a big tournament is at, it brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu or? Uh, J- japanese style jiu-jitsu so oh, it's close okay. quarters combat urban self-defense nice so cr- uh, similar to like krav maga but with more of a premise in, in traditional uh, so there
0: is still some there is some striking then yeah, in it um, yeah. unlike a brazilian where it's all, just all grappling rolling yeah, around grappling. yeah submission techniques interesting i uh, i just got laser eye surgery and i was waiting for that to be done and heal before i get started on jiu-jitsu because i had Practice briefly um, around the corner at the Gracie Mm -hmm. Academy Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. here, and and that's where I'm going to be joining uh, in the next week or two. After my, you know, eye flaps continue to their healing, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to get in a headlock and be like, oh, good, now I have no eyes.
1: Um, get the ear pads too. You don't want to have
0: cauliflower ear. That's yeah. And that's these the ears, worst. these things are flaps. So I definitely don't <laughs> have to cover them up. It sucks. It sucks. You don't want that. Anyway, sorry about thread, <laughs> thread jacking you there. But, uh, so you no, were in, you good. were in there for a BJ. Uh, yeah. PJ
1: for, for, a, for a karate tournament. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, so you, see, you see, you see, you see all of that stuff, the mm-hmm. obesity, this, uh, I don't know, you know,
0: I will say though, as much as Disney is, is a lot of fat America. It's a really good experience. Is it? I don't see. I
1: hear, I hear, I don't know. I'm kind of. I don't want to say I'm anti-Disney, but I don't know. The whole, have a, all your kids are boys or all boys? all boys. So I have a daughter. I don't know. I feel like the princess myth is, you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like you don't I, want a princess. Uh, up yeah. To it's I get like, it. you know, listen, no offense. I'm not a king. I'm not a prince. I'm, you know, yeah. I'll you know I'll treat you right you'll you know you'll, you'll you know you have everything that that I could offer you know but, but it isn't because you're a princess yeah, it's it's not, right, exactly yeah. exactly so I, I have that to perpetuate that time and again and I see it in other people it's just like yeah it makes me cringe uh, no I get it I get, get it 100 the tiara and the tiara like oh
0: my goodness you know <laughs> yeah yeah, well, you know, and, and, the, and the flip side on the boys is just it's all sports. It's like, ah, oh, you're going to play football this season? It's like, no, I'm not having my kid play football. I don't want him to have CTE mm-hmm. before he's in high school. Get out of here. You know, no thanks. No thanks. Um, um, but I will say, Disney, they do a good job. They do a good job of making it nice. I, I, I hear mean, now
1: from, from a business perspective, customer experience perspective, like, for sure, like, they are the case study to follow. Like, I am well aware, even even that short experience that I had there, For the karate tournament, like, everything was just seamless, you know, the wristbands and just, like, you know. The food is good. The food is actually very, very good quality.
0: Totally. Um, They do a lot of interesting stuff where the staff is instructed to keep their eye, pick a family and give them a magical moment every day. Like everybody has just to do at it like as a thing, like just find somebody and do something really nice for mm-hmm. them every day. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, one person that just sort of took a shine to us and snuck us to the front of a couple of lines and made sure that we were on the front of a couple of rides. And they just I mean, like we just kept seeing this one girl and she was like, hey, guys, how are you? Come on over here. And we were like, OK, OK, I got like <laughs> snuck on and I like, got like face painting. It was like, this is awesome. And it wasn't, it was just, but they do that for everybody. Like, just be a nice-looking, you know, don't be the guy that's, like, standing around bitterly complaining, it's so hot in here. No, be a nice family, Being nice to your kids, and the staff will be nice to you.
1: It's a great example that can, uh, you know, be perpetuated in other industries and markets and organizations. Just
0: just don't go in the lagoon with the alligators and and all that. Holy Jesus. Wonder and delight, but, yeah, except for that. Except for that whole alligator thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, you're, a neg- you're a
1: negative Nelly, uh, Tom. I know, I know.
0: Well, you know, it's a, it's a big, scary world. Welcome and, and to the dark side. Yeah, exactly. The, the Downer podcast with Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> Bad news and everything's fucked podcast.
1: Do you um, remember the, the great space coaster, right? No Ganoos is good Ganoos. You remember Gary that? Gary Ganoo <laughs> With Gary Gano. Gary gnu uh, maybe I maybe I was a uh, predestined for PR as early as then yeah uh,
0: interesting now that I think about it yeah <laughs> so I mean now do, uh, do you have a preference in the world of uh, in the in the platform space like are you a Marketo like fan or HubSpot fan or any of that sort of stuff uh,
1: no no we have no preference sometimes it's client preference what what tool are because their budget are, are they've they
0: they got to they buy it exactly, exactly. and Marketo is expensive it's like 10 grand a year or something like that to like get in the door yeah, these platforms are not cheap it's not, not cheap not it's cheap and and there have been others that have come and gone you know people want to build a a PR platform or build a tool and then it just kind of goes away then there's I don't think there's
1: a PR platform I think the marketing automation the email marketing or
0: content you know content
1: marketing or mm-hmm. what have you, but PR is, is still, and I think will always be a relationship business, right? Because it's earned, right? You're, right. A, you're a reporter at the wall street journal. You have an obligation to the truth. You have an obligation to your readers as a journalist, right? Which is, it's, it's shrinking that, that, that universe of tr- true pure journalism, mm-hmm. people who scratch beneath the surface do investigative reporting. Um, and that's, that, that's the, the, the key is to really, you know, cultivate those relationships so that way, you can you know continue to deliver results for your clients, and, and it's uh, you know no technology I think
0: will will uh, will solve that. Yeah, and and as a result, it ensures that no PR business is above eventually grooming somebody into their becoming their successor, but also make sure that nobody can really ever steal your business, as it were. I mean, yeah, sure, take right. my Rolodex, good luck. Right. I mean, right. you're building relationships the same as I did, exactly. Um, it's it's different than it, than it once was. I, yeah. I, I've had so many customers in the PR space that are really jealously guard all of that stuff, and it's like, yeah, but you need them to call yeah. that person, so they're going to have their contact information. Yeah,
1: it, it used to be like that where, where people held their press, l- you know, their their media lists and their contacts like very close to their they played it close to their vest. But that's evolved. You could have all the names, you don't have the relationship that I have with you know uh, Tom from. Wall Street Journal or Mike from the New York Times, you know, or, or mm-hmm. Jeff from Entrepreneur. That's that's the that that's really where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but that said, there are a number of tools that certainly make our profession more efficient, that help us do our jobs better. Um, you know, and that that's helpful, but it's not gonna it's not gonna replace the true art of, of PR.
0: Right. Do you do Thank- a lot thankfully. of um, Do you do a lot of events every year? I mean, you do South by, you're there. Um, do you do any other sort of big events or are there other big events like in that sort of sector? CES?
1: Uh, yeah, CES, it all depends on right where 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 are your clients or where where are the markets that you want to, you know, enter or get into? Um, CES, certainly, South by Southwest, Advertising Week here in New York. Mm. Um, even Northside Northside Innovation Festival in Williamsburg. Uh, it's kind of like the New York uh, South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Not not quite. I think it has some growing to do. Um, what are some others? There's a uh, Counselors Academy in the PRSA, which is, is for independent agency owners. Um, I like to go to that as someone who's trying to grow my agency mm-hmm. um, and kind of learn from others who have done it and just kind of share best practices. It's really one of the few places where people kind of let their guard down and really just share the good, bad, and the ugly about their their experiences running an agency from a single-person PR firm to you know a 500-person PR firm. Hmm. So you get, you get a lot of people who are collaborative in that and they, they share and they're you know really uh, open and inviting and it's a great experience we always come out and i actually this year was the first year i invited my colleague who runs our sf office and uh it's nice to have someone who shares that uh now we speak a common language and mm-hmm. we kind of have a shared vision now and we can start executing against that vision whereas in the past it was me trying to really just convey and uh, a lot of information to maybe people who weren't receptive to it so you know you got to Pick your battles, but now there's two advocates internally who can, you know, further that uh, further the cause. Right.
0: How was it opening up a, a second office, the San Francisco location? Uh. How was it? In what way? Well, what's, what's I, you know, it's it's something that I've flirted with for a lot of years, and I and I keep promising that I'm going to get an L.A. Um, presence off mm-hmm. the ground, but I'm just I've always been gun shy about the you know burning the resources, burning the time, getting distracted. Um, you know, just sinking the money into, into something that's just destined to set fire to my cash and kick it out to sea. Right. Um, but I also know that it's a necessary component for growth. So for sure. Like, when did you, what was it that made you feel like it was time?
1: Yeah, so for us, and this, this is what I was gonna respond to your question, so for us, it was, we already had about 60, 70% of our business had already, you know, it's based in San Francisco, Silicon oh, Valley, so it just made sense to allocate the right kind of resources and talent mm-hmm. there to support that side of our business. So we weren't starting from scratch. Um, we already had a good reputation in the market. Um, we had clients, so it was, some, it was very turnkey. The hardest part was finding an office and then finding talent. You know, it's a, it's a very competitive uh, uh, labor market. You, know, you get kids who graduate college and Google's offering them $110,000 in their marketing communications department. <laughs> and yeah, you know, hey listen, you know, we're, we have a successful PR firm but I'm not offering a college graduate or even someone with two, three years experience, six figures,
0: no way. Yeah, there's just no (laughs) way. And nonetheless, the rent also. I mean, you've got to rent out a a tent for $3,000 a month. <laughs> um, Harry Potter's uh, closet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so you're a PR uh, wizard. Yeah. Harry. <laughs> so the the costs were, uh, you know, but the, 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 you know, the, we had the we had the market already. We had the the the, do client, you spend the
0: clientele. You spend much time in, in San Francisco.
1: I try to get out there as, as much as possible. Um, you know, for clients, cultivate relationships. And do they call it San Fran? No, or? that's actually like they they know you're an outsider if you say that. I used to do that what when I first first. Nope. SF. SF. SF.
0: That doesn't roll off the tongue. at it all. It doesn't
1: roll off the tongue at all. At San Fran done. always did, but like it was, it's something that like you could see people cringe, like the locals. So I've a, lo- a couple of like close friends who who uh, are natives. They're like, oh, don't do that. You yeah. know? that's like <laughs> saying New
0: Orleans <laughs> yeah. or Oregon. Orleans, right? Orleans. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> my mother's and my mother spent a bunch of time. She's doing a a, a cross country road trip. She retired as a school teacher. Bought an RV. And uh, is traveling across the country, like just alone, just oh, driving around the country. That's awesome. She's like, I had no idea that it was pronounced Oregon, but boy, they made sure that I was told every time I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: like, th- there's another play, uh, uh, Kissimmee. Oh, yeah. Kissimmee. It's that not, it's right not, off. right? Is it, I, I see. I forget. Is it? It's
0: not Kissimmee. It's not Kissimmee. It's, it's Kissimmee, right? Kissimmee. That's, uh, that's yeah. how they say it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, that's another Disney yeah. sort of thing. I have, a, I have an, an aunt-in-law. I think An yeah, my, <laughs> wife, my wife's aunt put it that way I don't know it was just my wife's aunt um, that lives there in that neck of the woods it's uh, Florida's a very strange place man it's, um, it's very. I, I don't I don't get it there's the any any state that's that big and the highest point in the state is like 100 feet over sea level it's like <laughs> this is not long for the world you know they're, they Claremont Florida is like, like 150 feet highest point in Florida it's like what
1: on it's it's too slow for me i I had a one of the first times i went to miami i went to go pick up some like chapstick or sunblock at one of the Mm -hmm. one of the drugstores on like near ocean drive on on, like the main drag there and literally there's probably like one person in front of me or two people in front of me it took like 30 minutes (laughs) i threw five dollars at the I said, i'm taking the fucking chapstick i'm out of here i'm out of here like i like i get i'm on vacation like chill but this was just absurd like they're just oblivious yeah to like hustle or just getting stuff done and Mm -hmm. just efficiency like it was like literally a time warp. It was like a
0: totally insane. It's really hard not to be like a completely provincial asshole when you come from New York because we just we <laughs> come from a place where everybody's in a hurry. Everything just gets done. It's like you want to do this. All right, let's get to work. Yeah. Get shit done. And then you know I go to Santa Monica and they're like, Oh, you want a you want an iced coffee? Yeah, no problem. Let mm. me see if we can get some ice going for you. <laughs> it's like holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I don't have time for this, man. Like, just just give me the pot. I'll pour it in my mouth, and I'm out of here. But, I mean, it's also the, the free and easy access to weed, I think, has also slowed them down even more than... Than they were before. Perhaps. I think New York needs a good solid dose of that just to (laughs) slow the fuck down. (laughs) Not during work hours, but man, everybody should hit 5 o'clock and just Uh, slow down for a minute. I think plenty of people do. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) Guilty.
1: What's the deal with these weed trucks? Have you seen them here in New York?
0: I've seen them and I don't understand Like, what is it? Yeah,
1: like, what the hell is that? You can't just
0: get weed.
1: They advertise the hell out of it, like...
0: I think that it's the next big business, though. Oh, for I think, sure. I for mean, sure. like, the day it becomes legal, I'm opening it's, up, like, the Apple store of weed here it, in New it, York. It's a market
1: that that I'm considering getting into from a PR perspective. Cause I think they, there's definitely some PR challenges that the industry has mm-hmm. at, at all levels of, of, you know, from from procurement to, you know, distribution, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting paid that is the interesting thing. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting paid in bags full of cash, right? But it's not easy to transport that from California, uh, Cal- Colorado, or California mm-hmm. or Washington. So it's uh, there's some challenges I think need to need to Are be resolved. Are they still first. having
0: that problem where they can't just put the money in the bank? Yeah. Like that's oh, still it's, a it's thing? still
1: illegal federally, and they can only mostly cash. It's a cash business, so they can't they can't wire funds. They credit cards. They may be able to use like a credit union like in the state, mm-hmm. like a Col- like a Colorado or California credit union, I believe. But don't quote me on that. That's, that's I mean, it's they've got to be doing something with it. I um, mean, yeah.
0: I mean, they, they're Qu- not all just like sitting on like a Fort Knox. Oh they? no,
1: and they are. They're armed guards. You've seen you've seen sure. like documentaries and stuff on this. I have, like but vice, I mean, like, vice like specials. The money like is
0: going somewhere once it gets to a certain point. I mean, I can't imagine that these dudes just have like hundreds of millions of dollars. Because I mean, they said that Colorado when they made one point six billion dollars and in revenue on it Mm -hmm. or whatever i mean like i'm sure that there aren't that many like dollar bills sitting there like all crumpled up in a safe (laughs) somewhere i mean
1: (laughs) with lint on there well you know it's it's potheads
0: money so i mean you know that it's not like nice crisply no 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 yeah it's it's, only in the movies it's potheads (laughs) handing the money to potheads that are lucky enough to be able to sell pot so it's like hey man you know they're just putting it in like plastic pathmark bags (laughs) and shit (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this one's really heavy. Can you go get yeah. another Trader
1: Joe's bag, man? It's a good question. I'm not sure what they're doing with the money, but I, I, my understanding is they're just it's it's being compounded. Just stop, you know, yeah. piles and piles. That's my understanding. Is that it is piles and piles of cash? It's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy.
0: But you know, but then again, we've got Bitcoin coming yeah, as a thing, yeah. and that's you know that's back to trading up abo- up above oh, six hundred. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that's it's a, a currency that is free of. Manipulation by a government. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can mm-hmm. still get manipulated by speculators and mm-hmm. that, but at least it's outside of the control of the Fed and outside yep. of the control of, um, you know, the voters or their, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. duly elected representatives. Which is very exciting stuff. I mean, ultimately, wouldn't that really be the thing? Um, in theory,
1: that's what people believe and hope. But uh, Bitcoin hasn't. We actually had a, a Bitcoin client there under investigation now by the SEC. But really? uh, long story. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, at the time. You know, they were well it talked a big game, but it's, it's 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 an interesting sector. And I just think uh, awareness, right? The lack of awareness, people just I think are afraid of the unknown, like where does my money go and how do I get it back? And you know, just for the, the layman, I think very tech savvy people understand the you know, the blockchain and the its significance.
0: Right. Yeah, and and how resilient it actually mm-hmm. is and how and how effective it, it mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, and it, secure. It, I mean that's it's once again yeah, it's a PR challenge. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when when Roosevelt disconnected our currency from the gold and silver standard and went to, you know, purely Mm faith-based currency. Everybody freaked the fuck out, and they figured out whatever the PR spin was to get people to get over it, Mm -hmm. or they just ignored it and knew that Americans wouldn't know enough to just sort of get over it and be like, wait, what happened to our money again? You know, um, but it still had U.S. dollar on it, regardless of what was behind Mm -hmm. it, whereas Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is not a U.S. dollar. It's a... Friggin' thing that you need a long ass string it of passwords. It's, and it's
1: complicated to understand it, and, and even explain to a, a layman. That's the hardest part. Like we've tried, it's not, uh, it's not easy.
0: Yeah, get it's my mom easy. to understand yeah, Bitcoin. No. Nah, nah. Can I put it
1: under my mattress? No. Right. <laughs> you know? and well, and
0: these are people who can't remember their password for their email, right. and they've got it written on a on a Post-it note on their computer. Uh-huh. It's like, please don't put your <laughs> Bitcoin wallet <laughs> password on there because that will be all of your money will just be gone. Now, okay, no you dumb dumb. <laughs> we had a we had a guy here that years ago we had a guy working for us that got in bitcoin maybe 6 years ago like really pretty early on mm-hmm. and he gave he gifted some bitcoin to somebody that worked here and the guy had a hard drive and it went on a hard drive it was in the wallet it was on a hard drive and he lost the hard drive and he was like holy shit cuz this was when bitcoin spiked he's like i had i had bitcoin on a hard drive where is that hard drive and he tore the office apart for like 3 weeks trying to find the hard drive testing every hard drive in the office um and eventually, he found it. And when it was gifted to him, it was like ten dollars of Bitcoin. When he fa- by the time he found the hard drive, it was like seven hundred dollars of Bitcoin. Nice. And he was able to turn it into a guitar for himself. Oh, and he was nice. like, "I just bought a guitar with a friggin' hard drive." He's like, "That's crazy," but you know, it's it's a very very exciting emerging tech that has implications beyond just currency. Mm-hmm. It has implications of a borderless mm. world. Mm-hmm. You know it gets into that future of work future of our society where maybe we'll be able to live in a sort of anarcho-syndicalist borderless space say that three times fast huh? yeah, <laughs> yeah we're an anarcho syndicalist commune um
1: but yeah it, it's um yeah and mining bitcoins is it's it's like what is that right the computational power and like what the like it's so it's fascinating it really yeah. is fascinating but it's, it's so difficult to explain to mm-hmm. the average joe
0: right yeah, I take this computer street. with a bunch of specialized hardware, and we sit and we manufacture money. Money, right. So wait, huh? Right. How's that work? And the
1: more power you you, you put on to those, right, the more mm-hmm. money you can make. It's yeah.
0: It's we were doing it for a while. We had um, we had access to unlimited power at our data center, um, so we were able to really just use their electricity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and throw a ton of hardware computing power at it to just build and, and calculate. And we did the math on a spreadsheet. It was like, all right, this much dollars in and this much time mining is right. going to result in that much. I mean, it was a fairly modest return return but there was a return right you know 15 percent to 20 percent return on it's the hardware bad. investment right. what for the hell a, I, I a, yeah free money i right. set it up and plugged it in and turned it on and a little while later i had money i mean there was nothing i could do with it except buy copious amounts of drugs assassins and whores but whatever i mean you know everybody needs a little those bit of are
1: a few of my favorite <laughs> things <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously
0: i mean what's wrong with any of that I don't i'm good <laughs> you good <laughs> i'm good um but yeah, I mean, like, and, and, and unfortunately that's really where Bitcoin is getting kind of marginalized is that it's every pot dealer right. in the city is right. taking Bitcoin as their way of like dealing pot over the web. And then you get the messenger that shows up with your pot and it's like, oh, okay. Um, and that's not a great PR challenge because that's a way to just get associated really, really, really deeply with the wrong crowd. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. And that's a quick way to get it shut down. Yeah. Get all of it shut down, you know? Right. It's, uh, right. And then there's alt currencies too. You think those will ever take off? Like th- th- I, I, what's the then? there's a new one now, or is it? Uh, oh, the alternates uh, to Bitcoin, yeah, like yeah, Litecoin, Ethereum is the new ethereal. one. Ethereum
0: is the new one, right? Yeah, but they're having all sorts of problems. Although it ultimately, Ethereum is going to end up better. Ethereum is <laughs> right? uh, Yeah, th- Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, it, they're going to end up better off for having had their security problems exposed. Uh, you know, they they're going to be able to unscramble those eggs because that's part of the strength of Bitcoin is that you can unscramble mm-hmm, the eggs. Mm-hmm. And they'll unscramble them, and then they'll put it back together, and then it'll be better, and the ultimately the product will be better, but they're going to have, a, a, again, a PR challenge mm-hmm. to just sort of get the message across that, no, we actually kind of have our shit together here, um, and they're not going to go down like the Mount Gox guy did yeah, who was literally yeah, totally. just making it up. I mean, talk about yeah. Ponzi yeah. world.
1: But I think Bitcoin, again, blockchain, I think for mobile payments, I think, you know, as Internet of Things and wearables become more ubiquitous, and mm-hmm. that's how people will start transacting, which they already are. Bitcoin will have to – it's one of the most secure ways of, of transacting that uh, – that we have today, right. so I think uh, it, you know it, it has potential. It just needs to be communicated to the marketplace.
0: Any, any is Internet of Things a completely passe phrase yet? Are we like over it, or is it still getting? Uh, I think in in,
1: in it? the circles that use it all the time, yeah, it's kind of like uh, Internet of Things. Everything's Internet of Things, but it's uh, you know it's a it's an industry that's only going to grow. Um, you know, we're kind of really at the early stages.
0: What do you think the big? Um, sort of things that are going to help push the iot um internet things world like over the top are going to be like where are you seeing growth or movement or excited about
1: well the self-driving cars are are, it's fascinating i personally i love to drive so i would never ever like have one i enjoy driving you have a good Um, car i do what do you got i have a cheap cherokee srt nice 2015 that's hot it's pretty awesome that's awesome it's got some some serious horsepower and torque it's it's a beast yeah, my
0: my kid brother is a is a total gearhead and he keeps sending me texts of various cars. He's like, What do you think? You think I should buy the challenger or should I buy the Mustang? I'm like, mm. I think you should save your money and <laughs> buy a house. But <laughs> right, right. I don't think that you be should be smarter. higher. Don't <laughs> crash into the wall. Yeah, it's uh it's
1: I love it. And they have a Hellcat version coming out. It's supposed to be out this year, but I think it'll be twenty seventeen. On the Jeep? I'm gonna upgrade, yeah, the Grand Cherokee Hellcat. Come on. SRT, yeah, man. Seven hundred horsepower. Oh my god. It's five hundred now, which is plenty, but yeah. seven hundred is a
0: beast. It's or, not and it's, it's not too top heavy?
1: No. Huh. It's lowered, it's got the crazy suspension. Wow, that's bem- bem- actually really Brembo brakes. It's a finely finely tuned machine, I have to admit. It's a pleasure to drive. And it's it's got the power when you need it. Like no no hesitation. That. This thing and has a it has a launch button. Oh, that's cool. It has a launch button, so let's just like press the button and just hold on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. That's pretty
1: sweet. So I, I enjoy that. So I enjoy driving. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't you have want a
0: garage to. for it. That's not on the street. in yeah. Crooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see it, it's on the street. It's on uh, such and such Boulevard. It's actually
1: on Google uh, Google Maps. Oh really? Yeah. It's kind of scary. They block out the license plate. Luckily, mm-hmm. but when you when you, you type in my address, which I, I won't disclose, uh-huh. you can see the car, which is like a little one cre- two three fake street. A, a little right. A little, a little creepy. Ses- yeah. <laughs> one two three Sesame Street. <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah. I, 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 you know, the internet of things is just as like a, as like a term. I mean, it's awfully catchy, but I don't know that anybody actually really knows what it means. I mean, it's like basketballs with sensors in it and uh, automated blinds for your house and things like that. Like, yeah, I get it, you know, but do I really need to have like a touchscreen on my refrigerator? Like, No, no. Some some of it's
1: overkill. Yeah. Your washing machine that talks back to you and Amazon dash Dash, buttons and things like
0: that. Like, I mean, I think that there's a lot of promise with that stuff, but the actual, um, Delivery is going to be the thing that's going to matter. Much like Bitcoin, it's it's got a lot of promise, but you've got to deliver. And shouldn't
1: shouldn't the dash button though be in the 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 product, right? So like you know Jack Daniels, you know it should be embedded in the glass, so that way when I'm below a certain point, they send me another bottle, Mm -hmm. or of Tide or whatever the hell it is, right? Right. Toilet paper, like they know when the last roll is there, and it's like that's when you replenish, right? That's really where I think the opportunity is, because I'm going to forget to press that button. You know,
0: <laughs> I don't People know. People forget an awful lot of things. You know? That's for sure. So.
1: But no, it's, it's, it's a fascinating uh, industry, the Internet of Things and home automation. But, you know, I think that there's a lot of, there's still a lot of privacy concerns. Your information is going to be valuable in terms of mm-hmm. banking and healthcare and HIPAA. Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of pieces to the puzzle. That yeah, uh, but that's a mar- that's a market opportunity. You know, and that you yes. got to look at all of those players that kind of come together.
0: Yeah, I feel like the big play is going to be in the business intelligence in mm-hmm. like decoding the data that we're getting. Sure, it's not about the dash in and of itself. It's about who is the customer that subscribes to right. dash. Who are the early adopters? Who are going to be the late bloomers? Mm-hmm. And what's it going to mean when those trailers really finally yep. come into dashland? What's that going to be? Mm-hmm. What is that experience going to be? And how can we take advantage of those different buying cycles? and be aware of them.
1: I think Amazon knows that info already. I mean, if anyone knows, it's those guys.
0: Yeah, I think, that, I think that they do. I think that they're incredibly sophisticated at it, but I also think that the amount of data that's flowing at them is just so overwhelming, that people that can translate small pieces of it and mm-hmm. turn that, that word salad into something digestible for anybody. You know, Bezos is a smart guy, but he's not, you know, like Centurion Garb Lord the Ninth. Giant brain computer. I mean, he's still a person. Yeah, and but he, he's, he's
1: not crunching numbers anyway anymore. He's, right. uh, I hope he not. hires some smart people to do that.
0: I'd like to think that he's not sitting in his, in his room going, like, i got to get the reports done. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. i got to go before the board in 20 minutes. I didn't do my homework. <laughs> I know that's what would happen to me. Like, if I ever ended up at the head of, like, some major multi-billion dollar corporation, I would totally be the guy that, like, 20 minutes before the board presentation, my head would snap up off the pillow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, geez, I didn't do anything. My deck is not done. Oh, boy. Yeah, being a public company is a lot of a lot. You're accountable to a lot of different people. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine for the life of me. So, what's next for Wise PR? Just growth, continued growth.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I still got a lot to figure out. You know, we're a great agency, and I have a great team, but uh, there's room for growth. You mm-hmm. know, I got a lot to prove to myself. I, you know, so just continue on the course that we're we're at, and you know, keep uh, keep kicking ass, getting shit done. I like the sound of that.
0: Now, if people want to hear more about Wise PR, check you out, find you out there in the world of the web, where do they look?
1: Uh, WisePublicRelations.com. We have a, a blog called Words from the Wise, and uh, on LinkedIn, Medium, mm-hmm. we use a bunch of different platforms to distribute our content, but any one of those channels will have a uh, some good content you can check out.
0: And then when it comes to any of the ancillary streams, if it's uh, Twitter, Insta, Snapchat, et cetera, uh, are, are we all just wise PR? Or?
1: Uh, no, so a f- a versions of it. So wise PR, at, at uh, Twitter is at wise PR. And on Instagram, it's wise public relations. Mm-hmm. And uh, LinkedIn is wise public relations. Facebook is wise public relations.
0: Nice. Are you, are you Snapchatting yet? I still feel like I'm no. 700 years old. I, I don't understand I, I,
1: it. I have. I, that may be wise PR. I, I don't use it. And I don't get it, to be honest. I don't, I don't, get, it. It. I don't get it. I don't get
0: it. I, I like, I keep trying to Snapchat and I'm like, I don't think I'm doing this right. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm Snapchatting
1: myself. Man, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. It's not for me, I guess. It's not for me. And I, I haven't, we, B2B clients are not Snapchatters. You know, it's not a necessity yet for our industry. No, it's so It's, it's 14 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> Predominantly. Divorced moms. Yeah. With filters and stuff. But you know, right. I like Instagram, I li- you know, I Instagram's like, pretty I, I studied pretty photography pretty. in school. So I, I, I kind of oh. miss walking around with my camera and just finding inspiration everywhere you go. I kind of do miss that, you know, yeah. but, uh. Yeah, so the fully Instagram. automated. I mean, these cameras are great, but yeah, it's, it's kind of one-dimensional, I guess. It's not probably not the right way to, to phrase it, but, you know. Right.
0: It's, it's flat. Yeah, it's Everything flat. kind yeah. of looks sort of the right. same. Right. It's like, yeah, it's good. Great. It's completely yeah. uneventful and by someone else. You don't get to put your photographer's exactly. eye on it at
1: all. I learned on film. I used to develop in the NYU lab. Like, that was fascinating. A Dodge and Burn, just, like, all this cool stuff, man. Mm-hmm. That was, like, just Totally, totally different universe. Yeah, and now it's—I mean—such it's a rare skill these days. Try exactly. to find a photo lab and try to. F- right, exactly.
0: Where exactly. the heck are you going to get exactly. the pictures developed? Exactly. Well, oh, geez, so. Harrison Wise of Wise PR, it has been an awesome way to spend an hour sitting shooting the shit with you. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Tom. Thanks for shouting down. That was Harrison Wise of Wise Public Relations. You can find him on LinkedIn at Harrison G Wise, and you can find the firm on the web at wisepublicrelations.com or on Twitter at WisePR. I am and continue to be Tom Clancy Jr. Thanks for listening and stay out of trouble.